for? G. Marie taught me. Strives to help women of color navigate tough issues and life's lessons. From love, loss, to the advice I should have listened to my damn self, this self-help podcast promises to deliver unscripted, unfiltered, and unapologetic realness. I am your host, G. Marie, and you are now tuning in to G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. I am your host, G. Marie. We are back with another episode. This is episode 52. And I am joined by a really, really good friend of mine, uh, Train Freeman. Um, Let me just say, this man is amazing at what he does. And I always said that if I was going to talk to anybody about this topic, today's topic, he was the man for the conversation. So Train is a lyricist. He is an artist. He is a businessman. He is, uh, I call him the rap encyclopedia or the hip hop encyclopedia because he knows everything about rap there is to think of. And uh, I don't want to go too much into detail about him, but everybody, let's give it up for Mr. Train Freeman. Hey, I appreciate that. You know, I'm losing those in here and those who had a later day. I'm actually over here. As we're doing, I'm actually over here setting up my studio mic. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, I as long yeah. as I podcast, I've never used a mic. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm actually trying to cut vocals at some point tonight, man. You know, we're talking about that you've been working. So. Good. Yes, yes. I'm so happy. We did talk about that earlier. And I'm so glad that you've been working on stuff because um, I know it's been a minute. And normally, you know, when you take your time to come out with something, it's obviously it's going to be amazing, you know. So we never have to worry about that. And that's the good thing about being, you know, a good artist. Sometimes you don't have to rush into stuff. You just, you take your time, you you create your, your stuff and it comes out, you know, amazing because you actually took your time to hone in on your craft. So, yes. So, um, tell us a little bit more about you, Train. Uh, I mean, you, you gave me that amazing introduction. Like, um, as, as, you know, G. Marie said, I am a, a hip-hop, I say a hip-hop enthusiast, all uh, things hip-hop, from a historical standpoint, from a creative standpoint, um, I'm just really about pushing the culture forward, as well as preserving our history, and biggest of all, leaving my mark, uh, some know me as a sneaker enthusiast as well, uh, I also, an offshoot from being an artist, I have my own brand, with my own lifestyle brand merch yes. line sliding on a million based yes. off a song from one of my songs uh, Radio Rocking it's just pretty much man I, I, I'm not trying to to toot my own horn but I feel like I'm a you know I'm nice with this See, pretty know? pretty damn good at this yes and I have my uh, Plot on a Million shirt it's in my um, t-shirt stack but I couldn't even wear it because my ass can't fit it right now <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, definitely. It's definitely um, some positive, you know. It's, it is, you know, it, it goes with the territory. You know, some some days are better than others, but like you said, there are some days where 
you know, you you look up and you're like, dang, I'm really growing a life. Oh yeah, I forgot my friend um Maddie. She ordered a shirt too. When we when I got those two shirts, she ordered hers yep. also. So shout out to everybody, you know, viewing right now. Um it's gonna have gonna have a good time, you know. Absolutely. So I know we talked um before we hopped on and I'm you know, I'm so glad that you called because I was having a brain fart for a second. I was like, damn. I mean, obviously, you know, we're we're gonna talk about it's not necessarily a heavy topic, but it's it's a topic that is often and not often discussed. So um I kinda want us to get into the meat and the potatoes. So this is episode fifty-two, um, and it's called Busted, separating the artistry from the act. And um obviously I wanna get into, you know, the elephant that was in the room. So it is so hard to go to a barbecue or to a family function or to any type of function and not hear an R. Kelly song. Like you want a ballroom to R. Kelly. Um, and it's unfortunate because even though you want to get up and you want to, you know, step, step side to side, you still remind of the fact that this nigga was still out here pissing on little girls. Um, so... I mean, am I going to still, you know, step side to side or am I going to sit this one out or am I going to tell the DJ, hey, listen, you know, you should be playing R. Kelly. And I know for me, uh, especially when I was DJing, that was always a topic of discussion as far as playlists whenever I would talk to clients. And R. Kelly was always a touchy subject. He was Absolutely. always a touchy subject. talking about simply like Robert like you know we can delve off into to uh, other artists but when it comes to like R. Kelly is a lot of different aspects to it and the one that I'll say um, the example that I'm thinking of is coming up in church you know there's a period of time in life especially if you get super involved in church oh I'm not listening anymore say blah 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 then you kind of get to the point where it's like okay you kind of be quote-unquote in the world but not of it so what that means in this particular instance is like you can't always control your environments but you can find the environment so one aspect is if you're at a barbecue and the song comes on if it's a barbecue where you have a personal relationship with a person playing the music you might want to read the room you can ask to play another song or you can just choose to move yourself from there or sit down if it's your situation you make your own rules so if you're not rocking then you don't you you don't need to play it. Mm-hmm. That's fine to anybody. And if somebody else wants to hear that music, they can scream or go to another channel. Mm-hmm. Do that. Um, in terms of me, have I heard a Robert song since everything really went, you know, to mainstream? Yes, but like, can I say that I've made a honest effort to like really avoid? You know, listening to R. Kelly's music, yeah, because it, it makes it kind of hard on what you know. And I'm gonna add another layer onto that a little bit later. I mean, a little bit later, but um, so pretty much what I'm saying is person by person, case by case. And using my initial example, it's really about like how certain stuff affects you. Everybody has triggers. Um, contrary to popular belief, if somebody is able to listen to that, uh, I'm not gonna automatically judge you. I think the more interesting conversation with that is, you know, why do you still choose to listen to that? Or, you know, how are you personally able to separate? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. How about tomorrow? Everybody in in one pot. I will say this: when it was a period of time, like when the right for the documentary was about, um, and Bill, where he was like doing a tour, he did a big show in Detroit. And I, I went to that show. But what I'm saying is that it speaks volumes that <laughs> there was people still lying, there's people that were still thirsting, there's people that were still fighting you for saying that that's what was doing. That's the part to me that was very telling and very intriguing, where it's like, oh, y'all still got your shot on for this man. And compared to other people with, with him, it's a little bit different because if we're going to jump to like Bill Cosby, it's like what he, he is infamously known for is something different than what was on television. On TV, he was playing a character. Mm-hmm. And his real life is here. In terms of when you're actually doing music and when you're artistry, it can be a reflection of who you really are. And the more we started to listen back to R. Kelly's lyrics, we started to notice stuff. Even as hard as you research the real Pied Piper was, and he called himself the Pied Piper R&B, like, it's a lot of stuff in there. You mm-hmm. know? show me some ID before I get any deep like it's a lot of stuff so um you can separate it's a case by case and it's a very very slippery slope and someone um appreciate it um shout out to my dude Aaron Coney in the comments right hey. here hey Aaron yeah. yeah so um it really just it really, case by case and it depends and I that And you know, and it's funny that you mentioned that show that was in Detroit. Cause listen, um, I went with my um, my homegirl Madeline, and we had a ball. <laughs> and it's like it was literally in the back of my mind the whole time. Like I shouldn't be supporting this man's music after everything, and especially you know just what I stand for. And um, but it was such a good concert. It was such a good concert. And, and yeah, and I think oftentimes too, it's like you you're so invested in the musician that I think oftentimes you overlook the act. And especially as a, a woman who you know does not support any of that mess, you know, first and foremost. I mean, even going all the way back to when he was married to Aaliyah, when Aaliyah was attending um, Detroit School of the Arts, where I graduated from, and you know, it was people that didn't like her because of that, like people hated her because of that at the school um but yeah but i think it has been a conflict of interest because again like i'm i'm not you know i don't support that at all especially what r kelly was doing and it's not like he's not guilty he was definitely doing the shit but um i mean you know when that fiesta come on it's kind of like damn r kelly and the kind of thing it's important to separate the music from the artist yeah um, I can agree. So, but this is this is where I, say I have a question on both sides. So, mm-hmm. on the one side, for people who are at this concert, what is it about this individual that you feel that you can't really, for lack of a better term, let go of? Mm-hmm. And then, um, on the flip side, I'm up here and I say this with a lot of people. And I believe in terms of certain forms of cancellation, it's convenient. Right. And what I mean by convenience is I'm going to go here with R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. The Aaliyah allegations were out in the 90s. The actual tapes, the tapes, plural, we saw in the early 2000s. I remember 
you know, being in school and they were circulating. Mm-hmm. So what that means, what I'm saying is that is that when he was at his musical prime and he was serving you the most purpose in your life, it wasn't it, it was too much conflict to cancel him. Yes. Now music has kind of taken a dump and he's on his lows and all of that. It's easy to cancel, and that's why I say it's convenient for a lot of people. Like if you want to talk about the whole Kanye Chrisette Michelle situation. Michelle didn't make 808s of graduation. No. You know? <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I was that was my next segment. Uh because I wanted to switch it up a bit. Like I know I told you, okay, we're gonna go down. Yeah. Da, da, da. No. Kanye motherfucking West. But in terms of Kanye, I'll say this. The first thing with Kanye where I started to fall back from was creep. Sonically and creatively, I wasn't really feeling a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. before we go to the whole Trump situation and a lot of other things, I didn't like Jesus like that. And that's one of the albums where I bought into, like, really, like, yo, one day, it's going to hit me. Yep. Look, and I, I went to the Jesus concert, and it's like, I hate that uh, in terms of Kanye. I hate that I didn't go see him live earlier. Side note, if you have a favorite artist, go see them at that time you like them, because those songs that you like, you may not get as much of them or that same vibe. Yeah. I went to the it was It was interesting. Um, it was cool, but it was interesting. And looking around the stadium, you could see who his newer fan base was and who he was making music. Yep. So, sonically, I disconnected first. And then we started to see more other stuff and other stuff. And it was just like, so if you're asking where I'm at now, um, I, I just don't really rock with his music. And as a person, I think he needs to figure things out. Yeah. Um, I try not to go too hard. Like, I actually did a, a spiel on Kanye um, maybe about a year and dropped. And I give room for redemption um, personally as well as creatively. I just, I wasn't really feeling the music. Like, it's certain things in terms of who I am as an artist that you'll never be able to take away from me. Like, the impact that College Dropout late registration had on Part of who I am is because of that. Yes. Yes. So we're not negating that. But what I'm talking about in terms of like the behaviors, and I also feel like to some extent there is a sheep leading. You know, you're 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 pretty much leading the sheep to the slaughterhouse in a lot of aspects. Yep. Looked up and said it. He had an with Apple Music with Thane Low. It was like right before around the Jesus King era. He's like, yeah. I, you know, pretty much look back at that whole I am a God and, you know, pretty much he talked about that Jesus era, like idol worship. And I'm like, I feel weird about this. And y'all be weird for th- I feel weird. And he's, and he probably shouldn't have done it. Right. So that lets me, you know, that me know right, like um, a lot right there. What were you thinking of? You know what? Um, Kanye, he started to lose me after 808s and Heartbreaks. And even though I still felt that that was a, um, I don't want to say a compelling album, but it was, it was good enough because what he was going through at that time, especially after losing his mother and him feeling like that was his fault. And that was something that he struggled with for a long time. But, um, like you said, like, you know, that college dropout album is literally the epitome of my freshman year at Wayne state. So that meant a lot to me. And, and then when he came out with, um, all falls down with Selena Johnson, you know, I feel like that song spoke to most people 
and it and it wasn't just like your typical rap song it was like he was really talking about real shit and he made you think about what it was that he was talking about so after 808s and heartbreaks and then we started to venture off into you know Jesus and my uh twisted dark fantasy and then you know all the way to the gospel album yeah, yeah it was I mean, like, it was like that's in between there but like 808 is one of those albums where it's like initially i was like what is this but sonically although i didn't like it it helped really push a lot of things forward one will argue that 808 i think dropped in november of 08 mm. drake so far gone dropped in January or February of 09. One could argue that you don't get the version of Drake that we have now if it's not for so far gone. Listen, and that whole version of Drake, like on MySpace when he was doing um Neo Soul rap and stuff, and I, I remember that so far ago because that's when I was working at Disney, and that was the first time uh one of my homeboys put me up on So Far Ago, and I listened to that shit every night before I went to bed, and that was like January of 09. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um it is a great project. So what I'm saying is that even as terms started to deviate, you know, a little bit, there was still impact and there was still good music there. And then the other thing that we're kind of circling around is um, he suffered great trauma. He lost his mother. Anybody that's been through any form of grief knows that grief with every different person is like rolling a dice. You're yeah. going to do something. Everybody different. And that form of grief and how his mother passed away, that's a form of trauma. Yeah. And especially if you don't take time to deal with that trauma, you continue to press forward. Um, it can affect you in different ways. So I think, in terms of his snowball, I think that you know it. Um, I think it definitely plays a big part in snowball. But in terms of him and like his ties to like the president and stuff like that, it's like this conversation. You know, I've been thinking about this a while because I was just like, why is it that he got the excuse? But Chris said, you're not like I joke and say the music, the music was different. And it's like, if you're talking, you're using Trump as the moral compass, let's say you are. Right. Um, I'm trying to look at these comments. Well, yeah, I'm uh, reading them too. Yeah, it's, it's some I'm good like, conversation going on too. I'm a, uh, definitely, I, I definitely want to address some of that, you know, uh, in terms of what he was just, um, what was I saying? Okay, so in terms of the whole Trump situation, it's like you kind of have to look at, okay, so Chris Evans, son of the inauguration but he pretty much was going around wearing the make america great again hat and um pretty much taking off uh, pretty much taking uh appointments with him all type of stuff and we even later found out dog allegedly never voted before actually mm. you know allegedly he said it that's a confirmed so he said he never voted before so this is before you talking about being president so it's like if we're looking at it just like that, like what's worse or who was more in the wrong if, if that's your moral compass. Right. And her career was done. Like she pretty much doesn't exist in like, so, yeah. you know, but he isn't the same, but the brand grew in terms of, you know, the whole Adidas thing. I know people that don't like him, but you still buy the shoes. And I'm just like, you okay. know, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I see I, I, where you're going with this. Yeah, so, he, he's still getting his money. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's really one of those things where it's like, it, it's kind of a, a case by case, and I just want to reiterate, my, my distance from him was more so sonically first than it was politically. Yep. Um, in terms of, like, political statements, in terms of, like, rappers and things like that, I think it also just depends on 
the type of artist you are and also the perception of yourself like in terms of well I'll say this in the post Kanye era that was the last person that I really kind of put up here in terms of like hero status like it's like I look at you here this from you if we should happen to for this it's a bonus um so like if you look at like the like LeBron, like I respected LeBron, you know, since he was at Saint Vincent, Saint Mary's. Uh, I like, you know, how his approach to getting better basketball is, you know. Shout out to Jake Delorean in the comments. He said, Cuff. "Yeah." <laughs> I, honestly, it, that's that's kind of like really what it what it kind of comes down to. Like, if you want to talk like it's a bulletproof vest, like he had on the thicker vest that she did, like that. Not, it took her out. Yeah. You know, ah, here we go. And technically, in a, in a lot of aspects, some will say his legend grew from that. But um, going back to what I was saying, like about LeBron, it's like, okay, it's like all of this stuff. You know, he's dope. He does this. It was a plus when he started to speak out on social issues and things like that because I kind of come from the era where it was like Michael Jordan was dope, but Michael Jordan kind of shied away from social aspects. And some people like, you should have spoke up more. And then some people are like, but that wasn't his lane. Yep. And if you go back and watch The Last Dance, you'll see why, you know, he said that. You know, because there was, um, there's a story about Michael Jordan one day attend the Million Man Mark. I think Nike or somebody told him he couldn't go. He didn't. And so one person will say that he was selling out. Another person will say that, you know, it was a small move, but it was so that he could further his legacy, further his brand. And then who's to say if he goes to the march, if Nike still deals with black athletes in that capacity, and then you know, years later, we have we're able to have someone like LeBron who's able to speak out. I'm just they're not related, but you see where I'm going with yeah, it. It's yeah, yeah. Kind of sacrifice some to um, sacrifice this so that you pay more. You know, with that, that whole situation. But you know, how are you feeling in terms of like what are your expectations if you if it's an artist that come out today that you rock with like. Where, where do you how do political views and like personal views on things like where is that how are you with that you know what I, I think I'm more indifferent I mean indifferent only for the simple fact that um I, I have to treat artists like obviously like human beings <laughs> because they are human and I've had co-workers that you know vote for Trump or anything that didn't vibe with me politically but the thing was, is that, you know, I had to sit down and have a real conversation with these people. Like, okay, listen, what made you vote for, you know, this person? Like, help me understand your point of view. So that way I'm not, I don't build this wall, you know, up against our friendship or anything like that. But also to um, help me help you understand why I feel so indifferent about why you, you know, are for this person or or whatever your political beliefs are especially during the black lives matter movement um right before i got laid off from my job it's funny because like the team that i worked on uh it was it was diverse you know for the most part it was diverse and my old manager he happened to be um a white gay man from south carolina no south carolina no charlotte north carolina um and he changed his icon from his you know picture to a black lives matter picture and then 
I was like, oh, okay. So then I changed my shit to a Black Lives Matter. And then I started noticing a trickle effect. And then my um my white co-workers, you know, it, it got to a point where it became a heavier conversation because this is the stuff that we don't talk about on a regular basis. You know, obviously it's a heavy topic to even talk about, but the thing is it was time to talk about it and who, you know, isn't the best person to talk about it, but a black person. So I was glad that my coworker took the initiative to do that first because they need to understand how serious this shit is. And it's not like, oh, I'm putting it up because, you know, I, I um, am trying to show up for my my black, you know, employees or whatever. I'm doing this shit because I am, like I said, I am a white gay man. I live down south. I've experienced my own form of racism. He just so happens that he dated a black man. Didn't know that until like after the fact. But um, so he had more of an understanding about, you know, just black culture in general. But I'm glad that, like I said, he was the one that broke that barrier and said, we need to have this conversation right now. Plain okay. and simple. So for me to go back to um, the artistry, my whole thing is I, I try not to let what other people do influence how i feel about them as an artist per se because i mean we can even go all the way back to hell chris brown like let you know let, let's talk about that chris brown is such an amazing artist and it's unfortunate that he was put in a really fucked up predicament because if you really like you know sit down and you watch the documentary about what happened between him and rihanna um they were in a very toxic relationship and it just got to a point where he got tired of it and he swung on her ass. And I mean, and I hate to put it like that. Cause like I said, I'm not, I'm against violence. <laughs> like I don't, I don't do that shit. But at some point, you know, Rihanna, even with her brand and how her um, brand team kind of, you know, shaped her shit, they made it seem like, you know, she is a victim of domestic violence and Chris Brown has been beating her ass this whole time. And it's like, no, both y'all was going back and forth. And then he had just reached his tipping point where he was like, I can't do this shit anymore and um even at the bt awards when michael jackson passed away you know that was his redemption moment that was like him kind of rebuilding his brand because you didn't see him as chris brown you know getting into all this trouble you saw him as a man who was struggling to repair his identity not only as a musician but as a man in general who is now being um you know convicted and and ridiculed for hitting a woman when in fact you know his mother he grew up watching his mother being abused and he's like you know that's not that's not what i do so so that that's a very touchy subject too because you're like damn like i i love chris brown i love his artistry like i remember when chris brown first performed at wayne state uh they used to do something called mad anthony every year yeah mad anthony was was amazing amazing yeah and when t-pain and chris brown got signed that same year they both got signed together but they were in two separate rooms and they signed their contract with the same record company on the same day they ended up uh doing a promotion tour and their one of their stops was at the mad anthony so i remember seeing that like that hunger in chris brown and then you know for all of that stuff to kind of happen with rihanna i mean first off rihanna from the island so she crazy like we we know she crazy and to like let, let's be honest here you know women from the islands are a little you know but so are men from the islands and the only reason why i can say that is because i lived in florida for a year and i dated you know one guy and i had to get a restraining order against his ass so i i i know <laughs> but what i'm saying is is that he was just put in a fucked up situation and 
Um, you know, even like when you mentioned earlier, like Chris Brown never really had time to just like take that break and to rebuild himself. Um, same with Kanye. Kanye really never had that break to to take time to rebuild himself. But there's a difference between were you provided that break or did you take that break? That's true. Chris Brown was provided that break. Some will say he took it, some will say he didn't. And there's a difference between you taking a break and you being blackballed. So mm-hmm. in terms of Michael Jackson um, performance, that was in 2010. Mm-hmm. When Michael Jackson died in 2009, he was technically blackballed. There are different stories going around in terms of who blackballed him yeah. and why he couldn't perform, but that's why he had to come back the next year. Um, in terms of that situation, though, like that is going back to like as a black man when you do crimes that some will consider um unforgivable you have to move certain mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to carry yourself like a saint okay he did what he did it was wrong but I also would notice that you know if someone was white and they did that the sympathetic card is a little bit hard it is, is thrown quicker and it's a little heavier mm-hmm and a pop audience um Chris tried to drop an album we forget about graffiti it was the third album I think graffiti graffiti Walker refused to he was blackballed for certain retailers yep. and that going back to the mixtape mixtape and doing deuces and you know bullshit stuff like that um but not only was it that but I also feel like it's a lot of stuff over the years where it's like it kind of made you it, it kind of made you say see he never changed he never changed where it's like okay he'll have he'll be doing well and then he'll have certain instances where he's doing this or you know remember one time he snatched a girl phone and then how he was acting with the Ruchi situation it's like um it, it, it definitely had people wondering like did he really change but I also noticed this Chris Brown's core fans will fight to the death for Chris Brown yeah you know? They will ride him, but I also feel like, in terms of Chris Brown's like core fans, like when we say like um, Chris never reached certain heights or certain things he'll never be able to do. They're kind of there seems to be a disconnect. What I mean by disconnect is like Chris Brown at one point in time was on the trajectory where he could have done a Super Bowl. Yep. He more than not going to do that now for multiple reasons, and. Chris Brown diehards are not going to understand that. Like, how you have to quote-unquote play the game even if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And what he may consider being real, you know, other people are like, okay, you need to do this kind of get ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other, time, the other side, in terms of output, like, it's somewhat, it's like oversaturated as well. Like, I'm not trying to hear any songs in one album. Like, <laughs> And it's just like Bruno Mars will come back and drop like 11 or 12 solid ones tour, and the album will just be put together better. And people are like, well, it wasn't really. Who is really listening to 40 songs at one time? Nobody. I don't even think Prince dropped like an album with more than, you know. Who is going to sell, and especially in the streaming world, like the numbers are real, but there's a slight inflation. But it's like, who is really listening to 40 songs in one sitting? Outside of myself, the average consumer starts to get fatigued after 
Yeah. Hey, you gotta be a diehard for that person to listen to 20 and once. Nobody listening to that many songs. <laughs> No, that is, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It, it had nothing to do with, I'm like, uh, okay, royalty. But staying with the theme, it's like, okay, if you're someone who experienced a domestic violence situation in your own home or somewhere close, you might still be like, oh, I'm not supporting him. It's a rap. Right. Someone else might be like, well, the music is good. You know, I'm ignoring this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, myself, it's like, okay, you show me who you are, and I'm going to move when you show me how you are. But I also believe in redemption. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's like, I don't go out my way to bash him. I believe he's talented, but like, will I say that like I'm a diehard fan right now? No, uh, again, it, it, it's more so with the musical output. Like, you know, it's, I, I, I haven't really thoroughly enjoyed the musical uh, output. One, some will argue that a lot of them songs started sounding the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely can't. Um listen to it uh chris brown album all the way through anymore like even um i mean at this point yeah it, you're right like nobody needs an album with 70 songs like when we talk about separating you know art and stuff that like also another thing that i've noticed is when it comes to like presidential affiliations people will go hard on this person that voted for trump but like, like i'm kind of playing devil's advocate here like from what I know, Tom Brady has had affiliations with Donald Trump. His wife has said that they distanced himself. But there's that picture going around where he has a bag of him. But from what I've read, the picture was before he actually got the nomination of the Republican Party. And, you know, that was him trying to garner ground support. But the picture is there. Tom his wife has said so the owner of the Patriots team he used to play for has said, you know, he rocked with Donald, his friend, but he's sticking himself for the president. Mm-hmm. But in terms of people like myself, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Like, so are, do you believe that because if, if you if you don't rock with because he has had Trump time, believe that you can't appreciate his greatness and football contributions? Hmm. Damn, it's it's like it, is it easier to forgive a white man than it is to forgive a black man for fucking his shit up? <laughs> like, cause almost I mean, if you think about it, yeah, I mean Tom Brady. We we already know Tom Brady is the greatest. Like, he went to a whole nother team and, and took them to the fucking Super Bowl and and won. So I feel like that was greatness within itself. But then I mean, you know, shit, LeBron did the same shit too. Went back to Cleveland and was like, I'm gonna take these niggas. Back to that <laughs> one. The thing about LeBron is that LeBron knows how to be himself, but two outside of it, LeBron understands what's at stake, and that's why I say, like, in terms of like the difference between black entertainers and white entertainers, a lot of black entertainers that truly don't under like they get it, but they don't get it mm-hmm. in terms of what's at stake. Like LeBron understands that he is one handle. One tweet, one missing 
eventually losing it all. Yeah. And he, he moves like he knows what's at stake. So, and also because he's been years with type of scandals, the perception is reality. Like, LeBron behind closed doors could be the asshole. You know, I don't understand what these niggas want. Why they can't pull themselves with their bootstraps? Listen. Having LeBron fans believe that because for years we've seen a separate image. And you know what's so bad? I I, I have dirt on LeBron. Like I, cause cause you know I used to travel to Cleveland for my job a lot. So you know I would run into them, and I would run into some of the dancers too. So, but we just gonna leave it at that. We just go, you know. But what, what I'm what I'm simply saying is that okay, so nobody is perfect. But what I'm right. simply saying is he understands what's at stake in terms of how he moves and what's going on in real life versus mm-hmm. what goes out here like and, and to me that's what I'm saying where it's like okay in a lot of aspects it's like y'all have to be conscious of that like you know if you're going to quote unquote be a dog for lack of better terms are you going to be this type of person like your circle got to be tight if yeah. you're big enough non-disclosures and stuff like your, your NBA game got to be strong like Beyonce like not talking to you without a non-disclosure none not at all It's, it's a guy being um uh like his music is being pulled from streaming services because he was making a uh, racist slanders about black people and for whatever reason his shit tripled like his like you said white white people and their support for you know people that fuck up versus black people and their support for their people when they fuck up i think is, is totally different because at the end of the day, especially when you're black, when it's that one black person that that makes it, they represent all of us, or at least that's how we feel. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. take further. Mm-hmm. And maybe we need to go on a different episode about this. Yes, we fuck up in our perception with the masses is messed up, but sometimes we 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 um put stumbling blocks in front of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like I feel a good example. And this is the ultimate, can you separate? Yes, it's accurate. The Nate Parker situation. The Nate Parker situation, you know, there's a lot of people, I've heard American Skin was a great movie. I haven't watched it because I haven't had the time. There's a lot of people who won't go near that movie because of what Nate Parker has done. I also am on the flip side where I'm like, you know about Kevin Spacey and everything that Kevin Spacey, and how Kevin Spacey is technically canceled. Oh yeah, I heard, yeah. I'll bet you money that Kevin Spacey could have a comeback before Nate Parker like has like a mainstream resurgence. Yeah. I almost feel like if you're white at particular regard, it's almost like credit. Like after seven years, it can fall off. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it depends on what you do. You know. Um. I. You know, in those in those type of instances, I sit back and I kind of watch the hypocrisy, and I'm just like, yo, you know, um, but 
in terms of actor, and this is why I say you have to kind of break it down. Mm-hmm. Actors is to portray someone who is not like you. Like, I can play a notorious murderer in a movie. I don't care. I can live in a cold sack and belong to a golf club. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person. Yeah, we got a comment. Yeah, I was reading. Um, yeah, black people hold themselves each other to a higher standard in general. Very true. Yes, I could not agree more. And I think in my spare time, like, what is it going to really? Well, one, where does that stem from? Because it's easy to oh, it stems from slavery, and it's like, yeah, it might be some slave mentality, you know, root to that. But I want to like really, really figure out what it is that why do we do that? Yeah. When we have stuff, like when we have artists, it's just like, why you do this? Do that. It's just, we're not going to have nobody in a minute. Um, I think we could very much grow. I think in a um, in a minute, if we can think this, now go with me here. Mm-hmm. I'm, about to tell, I'm about to go someplace really crazy. Okay. If we continue it up the way that we're moving, we're going to open history books in 40 years. And they're going to tell us that Elvis and Justin Timberlake were the greatest R&B artists. Oh, bitch. I can't. And they're going to tell us that Seinfeld was bigger than like Bill Cosby or something like that. See where I'm going with this? Yes. Because if these people are canceled or, or they're going to tell us that um, they're going to tell us that um, Harvey Weinstein was the biggest. They're going to tell us Harvey Weinstein was bigger than Tyler Perry. Okay. You know, it's from a money standpoint or something like that. And it's like what I'm what I where I'm going with this, if you see where I'm going, is that if we continue it seems like when we cancel ourselves, it seems like it transfers over there. But when they cancel people, it's like they keep going. Yep. In a minute, you know, I don't I I don't really I don't rock with R. Kelly, but I also am seeing this pattern when people are like, you know, we talk about who the greatest R&B artists all the time. Like, I'm not mentioning it. Well, they're talking about like, this catalog. And I'm like, okay, so what we're not going to do is like Robert didn't exist. Right. Like, what y'all are trying to do, I understand respecting the triggers, but we're not about to do that. Yeah. We, like, so it's, and I guess that is a good question. Like, where, at what point do we draw the line, like, with an artist that does get caught in the scandal? Like, at what point do we, um, take a step back and understand that hey we can't keep canceling our culture unfortunately like even with you know just bill cosby and and michael jackson i mean but that's a whole you know another story and is case by case by case we talk about three people we talk about bill cosby we talk about michael jackson we talk about r kelly well r kelly this is where i say we go with it we acknowledge his greatness we appreciate some of his greatness but are we giving him any lifetime achievement awards no are we giving him his roses, like excessive roses, while he's here? No. When he passes away, will there be some CNN coverage of his funeral? No. Is there going to be an excessive, you know, three-night biopic when he died? No. We're acknowledging what you contributed to the culture, but you're not getting roses. Okay. So, basically, we don't cancel the culture, but we definitely set boundaries for people so they can understand, like, hey, listen, you still fucked up. <laughs> you, you fucked up. Like that is like yo, like you know, like I joke and say I kind of wish like somebody like Chris Brown would just cover like all R. Kelly's like greatest songs, like you know in the fifties and sixties they'll cover your song with a heartbeat. Like come on, let's cover some, you know, somebody cover one of them's fed up and let's 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 move there. But hey, uh, in terms of Michael Jackson, uh, we we've been through this with Michael Jackson where it's like people who initially were saying you know they were speaking up happened. Um, 
retracted statements. There's a lot of stuff. The one thing I will say about Michael Jackson, it goes back to trauma. Yep. And it goes not having a childhood, the type of father, the type of environment he grew in. Like, and I also think up here, as as great as he was, there was still a disconnect there because it's like at 40, why are you trying to hang kids? But he was trying to live out the childhood that he had. Yep. And, and you know and it's so it's so fucked up because um and not to cut you off or anything there is a choreographer he goes by the name of wade robson and as you know i have my degree in dance that's pretty much you know i grew up taking every every type of dance and wade robson was like one of my top choreographers that i was like i have to meet him i have to work with him type of thing so finally in like 2018 uh wade robson finally came to it was a dance teachers conference and this was after him not being around for like maybe the past like five or six years because he had to take a mental break like he was choreographing for michael jackson for janet jackson for you know a lot of people uh britney spears a lot of people and he was also you know backup dancing and had his own show on mtv i don't know if you remember this but he had a whole dance show before there was you know america's best dance crew and all this other shit way robinson had the first dance show so when i finally met him you know like i said i held him to a higher standard and then all of a sudden he started building his um year-long tour of him being sexually abused as a child like he finally just came out and told us about this shit and this was before he taught a class so this was random we like okay so this is why you haven't been around because you've been struggling with um the fact that there is somebody that you've looked up to for such a long time who was sexually abusing you as a kid and now you're finally you know seeing your therapist and you're coping with it and now you're ready to come out and talk about it this shit went on for a whole year he never said who the fuck it was though so here i am i am engulfed in his story i am feeling sorry for him because you know i i am a victim of you know being molested as a child i am a victim of, of sexual assault so you know i'm compelled because i'm like like damn like i know what that feels like to have to hold on to some trauma like that and to be scared to tell people because you feel like it's your fault so he did this shit for a whole year he finally came out with a damn um documentary and it was about michael jackson so you do so you do think i am i'm so 50 50 right now with this shit and the reason why i am 50 50 is because um i felt like why now after that, all of these years and that's where it gets interesting and going back to our original point let me tell you another let me tell you another story along these same lines first i'm gonna say a phrase innocent until proven guilty or if you're proven innocent let's roll with it yep so the last lions coach uh my man been gone what's i can't I, he was so terrible what's the last lions coach named patricia mm -hmm. so patricia can't i don't know if you remember this they were interviewing matt patricia they were saying that he was involved in sexual assault stuff. and you know it was a situation that was brewing from like i think the 90s or the 2000s well i remember being at work and i'm like all oh, we got to see was going he's like yeah you know that was allegation he didn't do it and then we started talking about oj and then the dude was like yeah well you know oj well time out time out time out regardless of the joke what you think oj was found not guilty mm-hmm but over here, because he about to coach a football team, automatically, boom. You know, it's new But he went through a trial, whether y'all agree or not. And I'm like, 
Yep. You know, and I'm and I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about the validity of my man's story or not, but from what I know about Michael Jackson and the accusers and the retraction over the years, because they dragged him in the '90s and the 2000s. Yep. Like there have been so many retractions and people saying that their parents vividly told them to say this, and then again, to some degree, he's an easy target. Want to be a kid, right? So people, people, Chris Rock was talking about it. Like when you know, he had an interview. I think it was with Ed Bradley, mm-hmm. and dude, it's okay for a forty-year-old man. Like it was like, I mean, if you to have something, you should change. And it's just like, dog, they trying to, they they trying to make you look decent. Like you continue, you make it harder. You know, like those type of situations. But what I'm simply saying is that in the case of like Michael Jackson, it's like. When he was, we are the world and selling out and moonwalking, he was good over here. The minute the allegations started playing, it's like they threw him back on the side and it was like, y'all can have him. Yep. Same thing with OJ. You know, OJ didn't learn he was really a black man until, you know, he went to court, beat his case, and yeah. Because OJ didn't identify as a black man. He didn't want to be known as, you know, the first black to do something. He just wanted to be, he wanted to be known as OJ. And, and, and that's also why they threw the book at him for that Vegas situation. Mm. Oh, we, we, we trying to make up for, you know, for lost time. So, um, again, kind of bringing everything, you know, full circle. I do believe there's a way to separate. I do believe you can't put everybody in one it's a case by case and it's a conviction by conviction like a lot of people like to say about Kanye I think his music is good so I disconnect musically um with in terms of like presidential voting and stuff like that like yeah like if you vote for Trump I really I, you know I, I want to have the conversation I want to see what's going on like what got you to this point yeah. and with the, let's fight we shouldn't be the people oh he voted for Trump uh, like let, let's let's see what, what you heard that I didn't hear mm-hmm. well look what, what what did you get? Because usually when you start having those conversations, you'll see where the disconnect is and where you need to go. Yeah. Like, is there something you know that I don't know <laughs> during this election or whatever? Um, I, think, I think in terms of social media, it's this picture that's painted that we all have to think alike. I think even further, like, we all have, like, as black people, we have to agree on everything. Like, we can be for progress, but it's just like, some people are like, okay, they still believe in the the Martin Luther King approach. Like, let's, you know, be nonviolent. Some people are like, burn this shit down. And you talk about, you know, separating the artistry from the act because it's a lot of stuff that we don't talk about that Martin Luther King did. Absolutely. You know, outside of him, you know, trying to, you know, fight for, you know, our civil rights and stuff. Listen, Martin Luther King was a dog too. He was a dog. A dog. And he was also a hypocrite. But like I said, that's, you know, uh, that's another episode because I can see we're already going to need a part two uh, because we're already at like the mark <laughs> where uh, IG is going to log us off in a minute. <laughs> trying to do didn't impede his progress as well as what he was trying to do for the betterment of his people. Yeah. Like, I'll leave it, you know, we'll kind of leave it here. Just, but can you imagine if they had social media back then? Or even in the 80s when we were trying to fight for Martin Luther King to get a holiday. They would have dug up his dirt. Like, really think about that. Like, by the time the true dirt started coming out, his legacy was solidified. Okay. So, it's like, really start thinking about that. 
stuff. But I, I know we got to get out of here. I know we don't have that much time. Man. Um, I, wanna, I appreciate you for having me on here. You know, we can definitely uh, do this again with the state of the world, you know, where everything is. But, you know, we kind of got some time on our hands. Yes, we do. And, no, we're definitely going to need a part two uh, for this topic just because... I know that there is way more that, you know, we want to continue to discuss and continue to elaborate on and not even just, you know, like I said, artists as far as like musicians and stuff, but yeah, like artists as, you know, actors, actresses, politicians, um, you know, people that aren't necessarily in the music industry, but have been caught up in scandals, um, or scandals were released, you know, after the fact in spite of their, their legacy. And like I said, you know, we can always talk about, you know, Martin Luther King, but that's, I've always been indifferent about Martin Luther King. I'm going to just say that. Like, yes, he did a lot for us. But like I said, the more research I started to do when I was finishing up my degree, the more I realized how much of a dog that nigga was. I'm just going to put it out there. So. This is where we as black folk got to gotta be careful. Yep. We have not publicly dragging our fingers like that. You can feel I agree. like that personally. But what he did, he and Malcolm, it's like. I agree. You, you say that in public situations. It, um, people are gonna hold on to that a lot more yeah. than they are. Like I'll and I'll say that in like a private conversation. Like if I'm you know talking just like you know me and you whatever. But yeah, you're right. You do have to be careful how you you know put your people out there because at the end of the day, like I said, or, or like you know Miss um, Real Celebrity said, you know black people we hold ourselves to a higher standard, and when we you know belittle one black person, it's kind of like we belittling you know all of us, but. I'm going to have to cut it off right there. So, uh, Train, thank you so much for joining me today. And I am, um, I'm always, you know, thrilled to talk to you about everything under the sun, especially uh, when it comes to, you know, just this topic overall. It's, it's, it's such an amazing topic. And it's a topic that I think we need to discuss more, um, especially as a black culture. Um, but where can we find you on social media? Uh, train underscore Freeman. I also have a website www.trainfreeman.com. It's uh, the full website's coming soon, but it's the central hub. You can all my social media handles, everything to my music. I got new music coming soon. Yes. I'm start rolling it out for you. Definitely go to the website, get on my mailing list. Uh, it's coming, and we're gonna start, you know, really building that buzz and that anticipation. Absolutely. Again, uh, having me on here, you know, it will not be the last. Yes, no, it won't be. We're, we're definitely going to bring you back for um, more of this. Uh, and then also, too, uh, people can purchase your Plot on a Million t-shirts and hoodies. Like I said, I have mine. I just can't fit it right now or else I would have had it on. But where can we purchase those? I'm in the process of uh, pretty much restocking my inventory. And we're going to streamline the process and get everything online. Because a lot of people are like, where are you doing this? Where are you doing we're gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of making it super convenient for y'all. So just be patient with me this all coming yes and the t-shirts uh definitely quality material like I, and i'm not saying that because we're friends like he really put his heart and his soul into his branding his overall branding in general um even the packaging of his shirts i definitely can appreciate it uh from somebody who has a background in branding and marketing but um but yes thank you so much uh again episode 52 busted separating the artistry from the act with train freeman this is only part one we are definitely going to do a part two very soon so we will keep you all updated um you can actually find me at 
Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook at G Marie Taught Me. You can also visit my website, www.gmarietaughtme.com. Um, if you want to continue to politic over this uh, topic, you can shoot me a DM or you can send me an email at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at gmarietaughtme.com. I am G Marie, and I thank you all so much for joining us today. You guys were also amazing, and I would definitely uh, be sure to make more time out for question and answer because you guys definitely had some amazing feedback for tonight's episode um tonight's episode will also be available uh tomorrow afternoon on apple Podcasts, google uh and spotify so if you do want to listen to today's episode you can and i'll also have um a playback like for 24 hours on instagram but again thank you train it's been real i'm gonna talk to you later peace y'all be blessed i'll catch you All right. Bye. Yep.